0: hello and welcome to the very first episode of the sports ethos washington wizards podcast that is right this is the first episode of the wizards team pod and i'm excited to join y'all here with the host i'm actually the co-host of this show my name is corbin for those who are not aware but i am joined by the host of the show carthin Carthen, noted wizards fan uh you're gonna love his perspective we're actually about to tell you a little bit more about ourselves I'm just gonna get my little spiel out the way first here. Listen, I love basketball. It's what it's about for me. Um, you've seen me on Sports Ethos Network already with the Round Ball Ramble Podcast. Also done some work before with the Sports Ethos Mavs podcast. But if it's a basketball conversation, you know, left, right, wrong, or center, I like being in on it. Um ball is life, I take that to the fullest, and I'm excited to dive into this team this season with a really good friend of mine in Carthen. But all right, we've set the stage for the men. Let's hear from himself. Carthin, the floor is yours.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Corbin. Thank you very much for that uh, intro. Like you said, my name is Carthin Ferrar. I'm a lifelong Wizards fan. I'm extremely excited about doing this podcast with Corbin. Uh, a little about myself, you know, I'm a recently retired fire lieutenant uh, in the fire department here in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is the suburbs of Washington, D.C., and with that I also, with it being September 11th, I'd like to first start off by celebrating the lives of the 343 firefighters who lost their life today on this on this day back in 2001. I don't want their lives to ever feel like they've been lost. We always want to continue to lift up their uh, their lives, as well as the many others that lost their lives that day on that horrific day. I mean, on that tragic day, and want to be able to make sure that their lives also don't be forgotten on that day. The ones that lost their lives in New York and Pennsylvania, and at the Pentagon. So, again, just want to make sure that we continue. To lift up their names, their legacies, and to let everyone know that we will always remember them.
0: Definitely, Carthen. Definitely. Thank you for sharing. That is something to think about today. You know, this is recording day of September 11th, and obviously what I talk which is basketball and football opening day or the official opening day is here, and it's so easy to be lost on you know, that event that happened, how big it was for everyone, but especially for those who are no longer with us and the heroism that they um, displayed on that day. So I definitely am right there with you, sir. Thank you for bringing that to our attention to begin with. Um, so for the Wizards Podcast here. This is just a first little teaser, little primer of what we'll be doing uh, throughout the season. You can expect, of course, complete team analysis, you know, player previews, team breakdowns, whatever, the, like, you know, gamers, all of that. Like it's gonna be exciting. The stuff that Carth and I are gonna cook up. Uh, I'm pumped to get into that. But just for today, just to kind of get started. This isn't even really an off-season recap because the biggest news of the off-season for the Washington Wizards was the retention of one Bradley Beal. And what we're gonna do is have a little bit of a discussion here about Bradley Beal and the recent extension that he had with the Wizards. And for those in case you know you weren't following the offseason, maybe you were living under a rock for Washington basketball. It's okay. It happens. Uh Beal signed a super max five-year, $251 million contract extension. Uh, this new contract features an escalating annual salary. It will guarantee the shooting guard an estimated $57 million in the fifth year. That's insane to me. But also, in addition to that, is the incredibly rare no-trade clause for the duration of his entire contract. Beal will wield the ability to block any trade for which he's involved. And this isn't necessarily uncommon, in the nba the right is automatically granted any player who resigns this team on a one-year two-year deal in that way but bill is just the 10th player in nba history to wield a no trade clause he joins lebron james kevin garnett um kobe bryant dirk nowitzki dwayne wade carmelo anthony john stockton david robinson tim duncan all these other folks in the hall of fame Uh, except for James Anthony who is still playing and Nowitzki and Wade who will be eligible this upcoming year. I'm going to leave this to you here because there was a few players who signed uh, uh, all-NBA, or there was a few all-NBA caliber franchise players who signed massive contracts the same way Beal did, right? Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, John Morant, Kyle Anthony Towns, but none of them have this no-trade clause. So between this money, which is massive, Carthen, and this no-trade clause, which I got thoughts on, but I want to throw it to you first so we can kind of establish the size of the argument here. What do you think about Bradley Beal being with the Wizards for five more years on the contract that he's going to be on?
1: Well, to be honest with you, in my opinion, I think it was a really good move by the Washington Wizards. My Okay, okay. A lot of people say, oh, blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. Trade him, get picks, and so on and so forth. I have such a problem with that. And it's a problem that I see this in the NBA um, that makes parody so irregular in the NBA. You know, there's only 14 teams in the NBA that have won the championship since 1980, which was subsequently the year before that was the last time the Wizards had actually won the championship. And the problem with it is, is When you continue to trade all the best players to the good teams, the teams that are there are the ones that always continue to win. So on rare instances, do you have things like the Golden State Warriors who ended up drafting very well and still continue to draft very well and be able to build a dynasty through the draft? Most of the time, people trade their good players to the good teams, the Lakers, the Bostons of the world. And they continually always are rebuilding. So the fact that we have a superstar here, an all NBA caliber player that is here in Washington that wants to be here, you got to sit there and try to build around them and be essentially thankful for the fact that we have a player that wants to be here that is of that caliber and to be able to reward him for his hard work and effort that he's put in here in Washington which by many accounts is his only team that he played for and he wants to be here for the duration of his career so for me I think that that right there you have to sit up there and you have to do that but also the fact that Tommy Shepard since he's taken over has been trying to build a contender in which he's been doing a really good job, in my opinion, of trying to surround Bradley Bill with talent around him. Because let's be frank, he wasn't handed very much when he took over the job. Because uh, throughout the years of Ernie Grunfield, when he, during the end of his tenure, the team was very bare bones when it comes to talent.
0: I agree with you on that, Carthen. I think that you're right. A lot of what you get is based off the hand that you've been dealt, right? And if you're going to look at what Tommy Shepard inherited with the Wizards, yeah, it wasn't great. The Wizards have been kind of mired in mediocrity for a hot minute now. So I absolutely understand what you're going with that. I'm unfortunately going to have to take the opposite end of the spectrum here. I get where you're coming from. I think you give excellent points. The fact that you're right. like The Wizards haven't won a championship since what? You said 70, I think it was 78. 79.
1: 79,
0: yeah. 78-79 um, season. 78-79 season, yeah. Because, it, yeah, the what's called one, um, what was it? I'm thinking of, uh, yeah, 78 they won because the Seattle Supersonics in 79. And it was like, crazy because it's like, that's a while. And it also shows you how many different teams have popped up and, and made a run at the, ch- at, at the championship, whether it's a contender or as someone who won it all. But I feel like with the Wizards, and Bradley Beal specifically, Bradley Beal's been with this team for 10 years now, right? I just think that with this contract, five years, 251 mil, the Wizards essentially bid against themselves to offer a no-trade clause, offer a 15% trade kicker and a player option in this final season for a guy who, while talented, while being one of the top, say what, 10, 15 shooting guards in the NBA, has regressed from three over the last couple seasons, has had injury problems for the last couple of years, and when he's been the main man on this team, they have not gone very far. I mean, that's just what it's been. So now you're paying for ages 29 through 34, which is not a problem. You want to, you know give loyalty to a guy who you drafted, who has played well multiple time all-star, like worthy of a Supermax. So obviously he's done some stuff in the past to indicate, you know, a resume of this, but to give him that long of a deal where he has been, had some pretty uneven seasons, especially shooting from outside, particularly in terms of health. But then you give the farm for no reason. Let's say Bill decides to want to leave after this upcoming season. What can the Wizards do? Their hands are tied. Like, they can make a good faith effort to trade him away to a favorable destination, like somewhere he might like. Let's say he wants to go to I don't know, LA or whatever, right? They can try to work with that, but they have weakened their own negotiating power. Let's say they bring Beale in, next year's okay, the year after, you know, the Wizards are like fifteen and sixty seven. Bradley Beal is okay, we see very quickly like you are a very good scorer, but your talents will be wasted on this team. Beal holds all the cards. And I just don't understand why the Wizards put themselves in a situation where it feels to me as if they panicked and were more worried about the optics of letting a player of Beal go away for no reason. Like I said, okay, we 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 were thinking about trading him before, years before, last year. We didn't. Now, okay, we can't trade him because he's going to be a free agent. But if we let him go for nothing, we're going to be just slammed in the press. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring him back, give him all the bells and whistles. That's great for Bradley Beal. And if you think he deserves that, that's wonderful. I'm glad the man is set. But as a team operating a business, you have put yourselves in a corner. I don't think the woods can get out of.
1: So let me ask you this. Okay. We're going to talk about Bradley Beal. Yes, we are. With Bradley Beal, you are a basketball enthusiast. You are someone who really knows your stuff. What is as someone who doesn't live in the Washington DC area, what is the one thing about Bradley Bill that has been consistent since, let's say, 2018 in the media?
0: Well, he's gonna be traded.
1: There you go. So as a franchise who is trying to build around a player that probably five to six times a week on national media mm-hmm. has it where they say, where's Bradley bill going to be traded to, or you're on bleacher report and bleacher report has 15 articles about players that are going to be traded to here, there, and everywhere where where should these players, where should these best players be traded to? Every day of the week, you're hearing something about Bradley bill being traded. Bradley bill, no matter what he's done and said, how many times, I want to be in Washington. I want to stay in Washington. I want I want to be in Washington. This is where I want to be. I wanna I started my career here. I want to end my career here. I want to be the dirt and whiskey of Washington basketball. No matter what he says, everybody wants to say, where, where's the wizards going to trade Bradley Bill? So, in my opinion, I think the no trade clause was not for the necessarily reasons to say. Bradley Bill holds the cards. It was more or less for the reason to say, look here, NBA, Bradley Bill's here to stay and we want to build around him. So you can cut all that noise out about where Bradley Bill going to go because Bradley Bill is here. We, we the Washington Wizards, are not looking to trade Bradley Bill until Bradley Bill comes out of his mouth and say, I no longer want to be in Washington. Bradley Bill is here. So you can come to Washington knowing that Bradley Bill is going to be a wizard because Bradley Bill says he wants to be a wizard and he is the one that is making making it to say yay or nay whether he's not going to be here or not. So I think that both Bradley and the Wizards use this strategically to try to continue to build around him to let the not just the NBA players that are, on, that are uh, going to be free agents, but also those who may want to be traded uh, to Washington. Doesn't have to sit there and say, I don't know if I want to go to Washington because I don't know if Brad's going to be there. It was more or less one of those type of things. So that's what I think about the you no know, trade clause. As far as Bradley Bill and his his talents, let's look Let's look back at Bradley Bill since he's been in the league. When Bradley Bill was at his best, Bradley Bill had a very good pass-first point guard. He did not have to be the playmaker. And when he, never, when he didn't have to be the playmaker, he could focus on being able to be a scorer because that playmaking point guard was able to get him the ball in favorable positions to be, a, to be able to be successful. John Wall was able to do it when, uh, when uh, Russell Westbrook was there. He had one of his highest scoring years ever. When, and Russell Westbrook had, had a triple-double for, his, for the entire season. And yet Bradley Bill still was able to thrive and be the scorer that Bradley Bill can. So when you look at certain years, like last year, last year Bradley Bill had to essentially almost be like the point guard of the team even though they did sign Dinwiddie to hold the position, but that that dynamic did not work in the way that they were hoping it to be. So Bradley Beal had to bring the ball up. He also had to facilitate the offense. He also had to do everything offensively for the team to be able to thrive. When you turn a guy who's normally a scorer into having to be the all-out playmaker as well as not have the talent around him that a lot of the other stars in the league have, it makes what he's capable of doing and what he does do very obsolete because now everything is focused on him. So I wanted to throw something out there at you and ask you, I'm am going to read you the the most uh, used starting lineups since 2018-19 season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these are these are the, the lineups that Bradley Beal were in. And as I read them, I want you to tell me, what do you think about that lineup as far as talent is concerned? So the 2018-2019 season was the year after they went to the playoffs. His most used, the most used starting lineup for the Wizards, which they had 17 different starting lineups that year was point guard Thomas Sadaransky, Bradley Beal, Trevor Ariza, Tre- Jeff Green, and Thomas Bryan. Now, hearing that starting lineup with the caliber of a guy of Bradley Beal, do you think that that starting lineup is a starting lineup worthy of showing where uh, a guy of Bradley Beal's skill set would be able to be maximized? or will it be minimized based off of the fact that he has no talent around him?
0: So that's a very good question. I think it leads to something interesting for me. On the one hand, to answer your question, all right, no. Obviously, that talent is lackluster, right? Um, I think for me, the issue comes in the play where it's the talent around Beal is not sufficient for him have success at this level, right? However, for him to be a star, a superstar for your team, you pay an amount of money you're there, you, there's some sort of elevation that players of that caliber should be able to do. If I ran back that list of every player who has gotten the max that was not Bradley Beal, all of those guys are Hall of Fame talents. All of those guys are all-time greats. All of those guys played with some pretty bad rosters, Look at Kevin Garnett with any of the Minnesota Timberwolves teams up to 2004. Look at Kobe with the Lakers in between the championships that he got with Shaq. That was, the, you know, look at Dirk with the years he had um I want to say both after 2011 with some of those rosters and a little bit before as well. All these guys have had to make do with less. Absolutely. Now, were those teams as bad as Bradley's Wizards? Probably not the only team I could probably come close to would be Kevin Garnett's Wizards because he had some pretty bad Wizards teams, and yet he still brought them into the playoffs in a much tougher Western Conference. Now, only to get just straight wiped off the face of the earth. But talking about superhuman numbers, I'm not gonna lie, Bradley Beal's numbers aren't superhuman. Granted, led the league in scoring point, 31.3 points per game alongside Russell Westbrook. That was great. But if we're going off of that one great year and a couple other years between 27 and 28 points per game to say, let me slap you a $250 million contract, let me give give you this. Before this contract extension, Carthen, the Wizards gave a five-year $170 million one to John Wall. Right after that, they gave a max deal to Otto Porter Jr. Before that, they gave Gilbert Arenas $111 million over six years. The trend I'm seeing is all those players, John Wall, Otto Porter, Gilbert Arenas, good players, good players. And the money that you're giving them spells them to be something so much more than that. And so I throw it back to you in the sense that Bradley Beal, you make a point, I have to agree, has had to work with less, lackluster rosters up and down. The best talent he had was with Russell Westbrook. That team was an eighth seed and got whopped by the 76ers, right? But does that mean that Beal is a good player because his teams are so bad? Does that mean that Beal is a superstar because his teams are so bad?
1: No, it, it's not that he's a superstar because his teams are so bad. Again, Bill made all NBA the one year that they went to the playoffs as an eighth seed. And he didn't make it the year before when he scored just as many points without uh, having Russell Westbrook. So it's not the fact that he uh, that he is um it's not the fact that he's not a superstar because he's just on a bad he's a superstar because he's just on bad teams. The thing about Bradley Bill is compared to the other guys that you named is Bradley Bill's the only one who uh, he's the only one that made all NBA. As much as the, 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 as good as those guys were that you named, he's the only one that made an all NBA team. And I'm not going to go into the other lineups that I named because granted, I mean, that I have on here, because granted, to be honest with you, a lot of them, have guys that are that there were starters in the league in for the Wizards on their most used starting lineups of these past years that aren't even in the league anymore. I mean, you think about it in the the year that that uh, Russell Westbrook was here, we were starting uh Mo Wagner and Garrison Matthews as one of as two of our most uh starters, uh, most used starters of that year. And we're talking about the G League guy, cause Garrison Matthews was in the G League that year. He wasn't even on the regular roster. He was never a regular rostered Wizards player. He was a G League player, and he was in our in the most used starting lineup for the Wizards that year. So you take you, you turn around and you look at that. But then you you also want to look at the fact that what the Wizards are doing now compared to what they did, they turned John Wall, an injured John Wall. Into KP, Kyle Kuzma, Will Barton, um, Monte Morris. That's just this on the team right now. Through, through the trades, that talent alone right there is way better than any of the talent that we've had since Bradley Bill has been on, since Bradley Bill has been on the team as far as a starting caliber, starting five. You 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 look at that and then you look at what they've done as far as draft picks. They've they've sat there, they drafted Denny Obdia. Denny Obdia has been getting a lot better every year. He's looking like he's going to be a really good defender, a good playmaker. They've drafted um Corey Kispert. One thing that the Wizards have been historically bad at over the past five years is three-point shooting. They went out and got one of the best three-point shooters in college basketball and Corey Kisper. Johnny Davis, the, the jury's still out on him, but one thing that he is good at is he's good at defense. And they turned around and Rory Hachimura. Rui Hachimura, I'm still up in the air on to be quite honest with you um, because he does not do one thing good to be completely honest with you mm-hmm. so you know a lot of people hype him up but you look at his at his stats he does not do one
0: thing good and yeah so, i like to yeah, like three ball shooting but that's on low volume too you're right
1: correct so you 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 look at that and the fact that kp they got a man they they practically let's be honest they stole him from dallas not only did they get kp for denwitty and berton's but they even swindled a second-round pick out of, out of them in that deal. Tommy Shepard was a wizard in that, in that deal. And so you, you take a guy who, you, who is an all-star caliber player. You take him out of an offense that does not fit his style. You know, when KP was an all-star, a lot of things ran through him. When he was in New York, they played an offense where it ran through him, and then you turn around and you put him into an offense in Dallas where it's a five-out, where everything is on the perimeter, everybody stays out. That's not his. That's not his game. I and then so. you turn around, and you have a Wizards coach who coached at where Denver. He was the Denver offensive. Uh, he was the Denver defensive coordinator before he became the Wizards head coach. But one of the players that thr- that that raves about him the most in the NBA is the two-time uh, MVP and Yakoli Jokic says what type of coach he was. But they also tried to run the same all a similar offense to what they ran in Denver. So if you take a player of KP's caliber, which is a very similar player to a player like Nikola Jokic. You put them in the same style of offense where the offense is essentially running through him, and you put are you and you're able to put shooters, which we have an elite shooter on our team, around him. And then you you look at it that way and you say, okay, now we have somebody on our team that can take some of the pressure off of Bradley Bill That the people that the players in the NBA and the coaches in the NBA actually have a respect for their talent that they can't just throw everything at Bradley Uh, Beal. And so once you turn around and you do that, and then you have the other players that I named that are all have been at or above average defensive ratings. You now are starting to turn a team around that has been known to be just all all gas, no brakes and now you're starting to bring in guys that play defense as well as bringing guys that fit the style of offense and style of basketball that Wes Unseld Jr wants to run. Now you're starting to look at it as okay, they're starting to build something. And we all know offense is great, but defense wins championships. In the past 20 years, only two teams have, been, have not been in the top 10 when it comes to defensive rating that have won the championship. And that was one of, one of the Golden State teams and the 2020 Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Other than that, they've been top 10 defense. The Wizards have been traditionally in the bottom five, I think, the past 10 years. So changing the culture defensively of the team, which a lot of our offseason additions have done, is going to change the fortunes of the Wizards, of what the Wizards are doing.
0: Okay. This is, wow. I'm telling y'all, for listening, y'all, for our first episode, I think you're already getting a taste of what this is gonna be like because we're gonna put a pin on this one. We're gonna flesh this out even some more. I think Carthen totally has won this one in terms of convincing me why this team is better equipped for Bradley Beal. As far as how we see Beal perform through the duration of his contract, at least the duration of this season, You'll be able to follow that along with us here on the Sports Ethos Wizards podcast with Carthen, with myself. We were really pumped to do this. But um, as we wind down here, Carthen, can you tell people where they can find you?
1: You can find me um on Instagram. You can find you can find me on uh Twitter. On Twitter, it's Panthers7151. You can find me on Instagram. I think it's Pants17Hers. And you can find me on Facebook, Daniel Farrar. You there is. Anytime. I'd love to hear from you all.
0: There it is. And listen, I'm telling you, this guy's always uh, always available, always ready to talk Wizards. Great insights, y'all heard it here. Definitely make sure to follow him there for sure. Going to hear a lot more great content all season long. We are very excited, y'all. You can find me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Check out Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Online sportsethos.com. They have a lot of great things cooking up there, like this show, so definitely make sure to check it out there. But uh, listen, y'all, this has been a great first episode here of the Sports Ethos Wizards podcast. And listen, as I always say, for Carthon. For myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and we'll talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all.